Welcome to Respect, the San Francisco International Hip Hop Dance Fest Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Micaiah, and this is my remarkable co-host, Brandy Beasley. Oh, I love it. What's up, y'all? Oh, look, I got my, I have the Beasley. Oh. I don't think I was Beasley when we did this picture. I was still Brandy Love. Yeah. <laughs> so, I didn't even notice you were wearing that. You cut it, right? Or is I that- did. I love this shirt. I cut out the sides. It's cool. It's cute. <laughs> 24 years of shirts and sweatshirts and bags. And I don't know if I, I don't have them in my closet, uh-huh. but I can guarantee that I have them in a box somewhere. Yes. Yes. We, we brought out a, and did a, like a, an art installation on the 20th anniversary and showed at least one item from every year, right? We did. I remember that. That was cool. With the posters too. Like the posters were all set up in the palace. That was cool. Just to see like, dang, it's been that many years. And yeah, when you come to my office, they're in chronological order. I always wish I could show them to you. Oh, we see oh. some of them. There we go. There you go. Yeah. There you, I finally get to show. It's a little weird, but, uh, anyway, uh, we're really, really close now uh, to the dates of the first live show since 2019. Wow. I'm getting goosebumps and like emotional when you say the first. Me too. Me yeah. too. Honestly, like every time I think about it. Woo, you know, the last two years was um, challenging and, you know, uplifting and hard and all the, all the, the whole range. Yes. Back to do this and host these, these dancers. And it's been really great. And you know what else has been great? This podcast. Right. It came out of that. Thank you. We would have never done it. Mm-hmm. And we've learned so much. Yeah. We've We're learned like so much, right? This <laughs> is it's such an educational adventure to learn, you know, talk to these legends about their particular uh, place of expertise. Come on. Right, because we don't, you don't really get to do that or we didn't get to do it before. You know, you, you kind of find people maybe during the dance fest you get to talk to and get into it a bit but um you know it's still a live show there's still a lot of just okay we got a tech okay who's on next and okay do we have food and all you know all this stuff so to really dive deep with all these people who've just been so influential and who have so much you know history within them right it's just I've learned so much and I feel like I've connected with these people when I see them I'm just gonna be like oh my god Speaking you of history, like we're connected to history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of history, though, you know, definitely get your tickets and everything. But like on the subject of history, do we have a guest for you? We, you know, this is like extra special today. Just an extra special podcast just to give to everyone. Who do we have? To- Who do we have? Well, we have our Bay Area legend awardee with us today. Um, Tracy Bartlow. And let me let me tell you about the Bay Area Legend Award. So this award recognizes creative programs that have elevated the quality and reputation of the San Francisco International Hip Hop Dance Fest. So recipients of this award have helped to raise the SF International Hip Hop Dance Fest international acclaim and standards of excellence through their pioneering efforts and groundbreaking talent. So these are people who are like, yeah, they're just Bay Area legends and 
they've been influential in the dance fest. So I, I'm, I'm getting again, a little emotional. So let me introduce Tracy Bartlow. She's a native of Oakland, California. What, what? Uh, she is an artist and an entrepreneur with a longstanding career as an activist, business owner, photographer, dance educator, curator, and cultural activist. She's a self-described praise dancer and a conduit of the African diaspora. Getting chills. From Lindy Hop to hip hop, she speaks Black dance and her passion is documenting and preserving Black dance and culture. She's consulted with many arts and social justice organizations in the Bay Area and is the owner of B-Love's Guest House in West Oakland. So welcome, Bay thank Area legend. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. Hello, Mikaya. Good morning to you both. Um, thank you so much for having me here and, um, and to give me this award and this recognition. It is very um, heartfelt and I'm filled with gratitude. Well, likewise, um, the, you've been around forever, and I say that with all the respect, and you have so much to offer, and you've touched so many people. Um, in your bio, I read that your first love is, is dance, um, and I, my, well, actually, no, mine wasn't. It was theater, which is interesting, and then I fell in love with the dance, but why is dance, because you do so many things, why is dance your first love? <clears throat> the way my body connects to music, mm. the way I hear and feel and express myself through music. Um, I'm an athletic person. As a child, I just love to dance. I was a tomboy, so I could run fast and hop fences and climb trees. Like I was always athletic in a way. And um, my parents, they both had amazing record collections of like jazz and blues and soul music and funk. So the music that played in my household as a child and the dances that we did was something that um, felt good to me. And um, it was just something that I um that I gravitated towards. It was, you know, I could move my body and it was fun and it felt really good. <laughs> mm, I'm the, I'm like connecting with you in, in my kids school. When you have a connection, you do this when you have a connection with somebody. So I'm doing this for you. Yeah. Just okay. yes. Love that. Um, and so with dance, we also learned about you that as a teenager, you won a scholarship um, to go dance with the Alvin Ailey American Dance Center all the way over on the other coast. So tell us about that experience. Well, um, I went to Castlemont High School and I graduated in 1983. And at that time, Castlemont High School was the Performing Arts High School of Oakland. And we had an amazing dance department. We got pre-professional dance training. Um, that was the first time that I learned vernacular jazz, like the jazz dances of the 1920s. Plus we uh, trained in uh, modern and um, contemporary jazz dances. Um, I came out of uh, Castleman High School. Some of my classmates were like Tony, 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 Raphael Sadiq, the entire Tony, Tony, Tony band, because in addition to the dance department, there was this amazing music department. Uh, the jazz band and the jazz department was 
amazing. It was incredible. So, um, yes, I um, loved doing those types of dances as well. And it was very excited and inspired to dance jazz and modern dance. Um, I also had, um, I think mostly from uh, like television and from movies, like I have to say and get used to proudly saying that um, October 7th was my 57th birthday. And when I was a child and watching television, my mom loved music and theater. And we would watch Laugh-In and the Carol Burnett Show and... um, um, and fame and um, all these programs that had live music, that had choreography and big production numbers. So that was part of my inspiration as well to do those kinds of dances. So I um, trained at the at Castlemont High School under the direction of Geraldine Washington, rest in peace. And um, they prepared me to go to New York and dance with Ailey and study on scholarship at the Alvin Ailey School. Wow. So many things. First of all, happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, the older I get, the more I realize the age is a construct, you know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean the things that it had anymore. It doesn't have that same, we're still relevant. We're still all of the things that we used to be as long as we we embody that. So Yes, Micaiah, absolutely. Because from my mother's generation, a woman in her 50s doesn't behave the way I behave right. and do the things that I do. So um, we are now... Um, as women defining ourselves at these different ages of what is fulfilling for us. And um, I'm happy to have had the courage to do that. Me too. I feel like we do too. Shoot, we have to. Because uh, the young ones are looking at us. You know? I, um, I also wanted to comment on Castlemont. So I um, have lived over in that neighborhood. I live in Oakland. And I did not know that history of Castlemont High, you know, because now people see Oakland School of the Arts as the arts um, school here in Oakland. So I was just, you you know, telling Makaya before we came on the rich history of dance, Bay Area dance and all dance all over that we are learning about. And that like the Bay Area specifically is a heavy hitter, man, in the dance community, in dance history. So, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So you go... You go to New York as a teenager. How long did you stay there? I lived in New York for a little more than seven years. Oh. So I lived in New York from 1985 to about 1992. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so other than uh, studying with the Ailey Company, um, who else did you dance with and study with there, New York hip hop people? Oh, yes. So moving to New York at 19 years old in 1985, um, 
as I was soon able to go to clubs, then I started going to the clubs in New York City. I went to the Underground on 14th Street. I went to, um, oh, it's also also called Union Square. Yes. And I went to the tunnel. I went to Kilimanjaro. I went to the red zone. I went to, oh my goodness, 1018. <laughs> like I went to all nails. I went to all these legendary clubs in New York City in the late 80s and early 90s. And the thing that I saw immediately was that in 1985, it didn't have the name hip hop, mm. like club, club music, club dance. And um, I would go to these clubs and I would see, you know, people doing electric boogie, what they called it in New York, and they would be locking. And And I saw house dance for the first time. And you're talking about another love. I fell in love with house dance. Um, so I saw house dance for the first time in those clubs in New York. And as I saw people dancing those funk styles, I'm like, this is everything that I did growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, before I, you know, went to Castlemont, I was, um, I was able to see some of the early hip hop pioneers, like the Black Resurgence lived on like the same block as me, but like four blocks down. They were um, contemporaries, like with my oldest brother and um, the Black Messengers were on 85th. And so we lived on 92nd. So we were all within this community together. And that style of Oakland Boogaloo, like that's what I saw. That's what we did. And my big brother, Russell, was the first person to show me those those kinds of uh, show me uh, Oakland Boogaloo and show me robot and all those styles that came out of the Bay Area. So. um There were also a lot of talent shows. Mm. So like the the house parties, oh my goodness, the house parties, the talent shows, um, block parties, things within the community, like this was the hip hop I experienced like as a child. And that was just how every, that was just the culture of how we dance and the music that we listen to. So when I went to New York and I would go to the clubs, I was like, oh, this is everything that I've been doing. And let me tell you, I was I was moved to be in the clubs as seriously as I had to be at Ballet Bar at 9 p.m. at the Alvin Ailey School. And the clubs in New York closed at 4 a.m. I was young in my 20s and I would be out in the clubs during the weekdays. I would be in Dunham class or ballet bar at 9 a.m. at the Alvin Ailey School. So I was getting this duality. I was keeping the funk and the hip hop styles that I grew up on intact at the same time as I'm studying uh, Dunham and um, Horton technique at the Alvin Ailey School. So it was a practice where um, let's say um, I would have class at the Ailey School from sometimes 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. <laughs> it was like serious professional training and, you know, interspersing that there's breaks, there's um, dance history, there's um, 
academic classes. Uh, so let's say I got off of work. I had some little waitressing job. I worked at, you know, I worked and then I would have my bag packed like for the entire day. And I would have my club clothes in my backpack and I would leave work and I would go to the club, go home, sleep for a couple of hours, jump up and do it all over again. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. So the, um, Wow. The dancers that I connected with in New York are also the legends of the culture. Popmaster Fable, Adesola, um, Mr. Wiggles, um, Buddha Stretch, uh, Queen Marjorie Smarth, Voodoo Ray, um, Ejo, Khalif. Like I'm in the club every week with these people. And did a couple of music videos. There's a <laughs> there's like this Curtis Blow music video. Okay, we're talking about the 80s. Oh, I'm gonna get on Google. <laughs> okay, I think that it was a Curtis Blow video. Um, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. He was doing like this go go sound. I was in videos with Coogee Rap. Um, with um, I did this beautiful video um, with the whole house dance crew that I just named. Uh, being boring with the Pet Shop Boys, and it was shot by uh, Bruce Weber, this amazing fashion photographer. So this was like a cutting edge video. Um, I was in this video called Wiggle It, and Marge was in it. Um, so, oh, Big Les, yes, yes, I would do shows with Big Les. Oh my goodness, yep. And I was so close to other things happening. I remember Big Les telling me about the Around the Wave Girl video. And for whatever reason, I didn't go to that audition. So I was in like New York City audition, stage, television, film. I was like in that industry. Look, this is this is just so valuable. This is yeah. so right, Brandy. Yeah, I'm, I'm over here. I have to mute myself because I'm getting like misty eyed and I have to keep like, <laughs> you know, I mean, because for me, I, I, I don't I don't know. I, ha I can't even collect my words like just being, you know, young in the 80s. And like we lived all the way over in Japan because my mom was in the military, but we were still like New York, New York, New York. So for you to say you were, you know. 19 moving to New York in 1985. I mean, that's just when I fell in love with hip hop, was introduced to hip hop. We're trying to do the same dances that we're seeing on videos that people are recording and sending to us overseas. And I mean, just to hear all of this, I just, um, I, I, my mind is being blown and I just feel so you know, I'm, I'm running over with just, I don't know, love history. Like, thank it's, you for sharing all this. This is amazing. It is. It's, it's being around the people that were there, that were literally there, not people who told the other people, you know, and then you get the second story you get, this is, that's why, you know, it's so important to get this and, and to get the, you know, the fact that you were there with those people. What I find fascinating, though, that I want to ask you about is so you're saying that when you went to New York and you go to the clubs, you would see some of the same stuff that you were already doing in Oakland. Mm -hmm. Now, this was before the Internet. How do you explain that? <laughs> 
Well, you know, um, like with uh, funk, soul train, those were the funk and soul party dances. You know, those were dances that we all knew nationwide, Um, you know, and that also goes for locking, you know, Um, and just thinking about the lockers uh, being like the first professional street dance. you know, company that would do like the Dick Van Dyke show. <laughs> I am cracking up to even say that name. This is so old. Um, the lockers were on like the Carol Burnett show, the Dick Van Dyke show, um, this show with puppets. So, you know, people knew about locking, people knew about that style. And then also with rerun on what's happening, rerun was in the lockers. He was in the lockers before he was a television star. So um, locking was something that people were familiar with. And then also as hip hop culture um, um, was evolving, Um, The style of boogaloo and popping, you know, I also credit Soul Train in L.A. and, um, you know, the electric boogaloos and them being um, on these national television programs. But I also think about how um, these dances that came out of the black experience, out of the black culture and how you go to family reunions, you have family from all over the country coming together and you do, and you dance at these, at these family gatherings and how the ways that dances move from city to city and state to state. And then it's all over, you know, cause by the eighties, uh, a boogie, that style was all all up in New York. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. Your cousin is teaching you this dance mm-hmm. or your neighbor. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's so wonderful. Just everybody create, you know, spreading the culture, spreading what's happening, spreading what's what's hot, what's new. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I mean, speaking of that, you are in New York. Just like absorbing it all, living it all in it and then you come back to the Bay Area Mm -hmm. right and just we're all in it so we're interested in what are some of your most uh, memorable and favorite projects that impacted the the dance community here in the Bay you know there's so many um, things to um, think about because of how rich the dance culture is in the Bay Area in all forms of dance. Um, I think that Demons of the Mind, dancing at um, Pier 39, was very impactful to hip-hop culture in the Bay Area um, because everyone knew that Pier 39 was this cool, awesome place, you know, not for not just for tourists from all over the world, but People, we, that's where we would go to have fun. And um, so knowing that they were going to be on the pier dancing was something that was so impactful to the culture. Um, I think about New Style Motherload and how their hip hop program and how they've trained dancers. Um, 
clubs, clubs and different events, you know, um, well, for house, DJ Daydon, because mm-hmm. when I moved back from New York, Daydon, that was the only house DJ that was in the Bay Area at that time. One of the only, but he had a weekly party um, in the early 90s, and that helped to build up the house culture in the Bay Area. So me coming fresh from New York um, and having experienced house and then Daydon was spinning house every week that helped to build the house music and house dance awareness uh, of the culture. Um, Can you, Tracy, speak to some projects that you specifically because you're. Oh, you're, yes. You're, yes, 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 yes. Speak to some of yours. Well, I'm one of the founding members of Eastside Cultural Center and Eastside Arts Alliance. Um, as a founding member, I helped to build and develop an actual institution, a building from the ground up. Um, actually, not from the ground up. It was already a building that um, that we purchased in partnership with Affordable Housing Associates and had the building built out. So it was like gutted to the studs and adding the floor, the lights, the gallery, everything, the recording studio. So this, um, so being one of the founding members of Eastside Cultural Center um, and the resident dancer, it was uh, my responsibility to bring authentic dance culture to the community. And with our annual Malcolm X Jazz Arts Festival, then I created um, the hip hop dance stage for that annual festival. And also within that dance stage, the dance ciphers. So I would bring in Skywalker, Cornelius with the turf, not the turf fiends, but one of the architects, one of the original turf dance crews so that they come in and they would host one of the, they would host a dance cipher. And so each dance style would hope that would have someone, a leader within that style that would host an hour and they would play the music and, and freestyle and, um, it was an amazing party. So I would bring in Doc Locke, you know, um, to represent funk. I would bring in the Black Resurgence to represent Oakland Boogaloo. I would bring in um, uh, Rashad, Soul Nubian to do the house cipher. And those ciphers at that annual festival was one of the highlights of the event. And we ran that event for more than 10 years. And I think of, I think about how, Within this this festival, you had at least four ciphers with different dance styles with prominent people that would um, that were uh, leaders in that in that style. And as um, you know, as as. This festival was in honor of the freedom fighter, Malcolm X. One of his famous quotes is how culture is an indispensable weapon. And the culture that I wanted to bring in terms of the dance was like the authentic culture 
of of our experience in the Bay Area and not just black folks. But yes, it comes from a black experience, but we all are a part of this and contributing and enjoying and participating. Um, Another thing that I uh, did at the Malcolm X Festival is I produced um, the first reunion of the Black Resurgence. And that was legendary. Um, The first time they got together in more than 10 years. And um, it was like a whole hour program. And um, Pop-Tart came out and brought out some his dancers. Pop-Tart also brought out like um, Pandora, like the legendary popper. Um, And uh, what's the guy from Machine Gone Funk? Um, I'm sorry. And then the other... Do uh, Popper from L.A. J. Rock, J. Rock, I think is his, is his name. And so it was like the generation, the next generation, like who's who's who are the um, bearers of the culture now? So it was like the OGs, their first time coming together, and then the people that are um, participants and culture bearers in the culture now, and that event help to like spread all of this awareness of these styles that came out of the Bay Area. Um, it was it was supportive of things that people like Faso from Media uh, Circus and um, Ralph Montoyo, like I am a part of this BRS um, alliance and we're all doing this work. And that was one of the events that was like, it just catapulted things forward. That sounds epic. <laughs> that is the word for it. <laughs> yeah. Like a masterpiece in a way, you know, to do all of that. Uh, so commendable, so impressive, for real. Uh, I mean, and, and outside of that, you've taught and you have your photography and your guest house. I wish I was a fly on the wall to figure out how you have so many different avenues. My mom would ask, what's your sign? <laughs> she would. What is your sign, Tracy? Oh, you're, oh, you're October 7th. So what is the, Libra? Libra. Libra. Mm-hmm. I love Yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay, so... I'm my cup is so full right now. So um, we <laughs> we decided this year to end to do our last question um, as what we call our silly question box. <laughs> we made a bunch of questions and then we're going to pick one for you and hopefully it'll be silly. Some of them have not been that silly. They're kind of like deep, you know, if you think about it, but they're supposed to be lighthearted questions. So, what's the funniest thing that happened to you while you were performing? Uh, a wig fell off. No, it didn't fall off. It flew. <laughs> what did you do? Did you do like? <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> and it was something um, I should have been fine for. Like you, you, you know, you should know better. Um, I was lazy and I just put on like um, a bandana and put the wig over that. You know, you got to pin that wig in. 
What did you do when it fell off? Did you keep dancing? Did you run away? Um, I think I blacked out because I'm like, did I run? Did I pick it up? Oh my goodness. Your brain was like, no, I had to go and get it. I had, I went and got it. <laughs> did it go in the audience, Tracy? It went no. up stage. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Can I have that back? <laughs> Oh my goodness. I had a fake ponytail go off on stage um, and I picked it up and swung it around and, you know, kept going. <laughs> I don't, I don't, honestly, it's funny because this is the same answer. We had a question in a, in a previous episode, like injuries on stage. I got kicked in the face and honestly, it wasn't that bad. And it was funny. It was funny to me because <laughs> So it's like, boom, keep it going. And it just, it was hilarious. Yeah. Bars. <laughs> Man, that's the thing with live performance, y'all. You, you know, you get what you get. Yeah, um, that's right. And, and that's the magic of it. Uh, yeah. But it's also, you get what you get in the humanness of it, which is what we were talking about with Sun, is that audience don't mind if you're not perfect. Yeah, because they understand that no human is perfect and they actually connect sometimes more when we're not perfect. Mm -hmm. They understand and they, they give you more love. And, you know, Sun really goes into that vulnerability, which he's creating, which is just a whole nother level uh, of just her darkest and deepest, you know, places. And so. It's funny because we think we're going to be, we need to be perfect for people to love us, but we really don't. Sun is a um, dancer from Korea who oh. um, is in Dance Fest this year and was in our, our first fully online. And she was before that too. So she's been in a couple of times. Um, so beautiful um, oh. popper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, lives in New York uh, for a long time. Yes. Uh, you know what I would like to see? Uh, I think if, I don't know, maybe Kevin can find it and put it somewhere in this podcast is some of, uh, f dig up some of these videos that Tracy was in. <laughs> I would love it so much. Yeah, I mean, you, you've listed about at least half a dozen. So, you know, what a treat that would be to the the being boring video is 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 pretty um fun and i have on a short blonde wig oh i'm on a black cat suit and a short blonde wig wow okay that's funny i talk about if i'm like reincarnated i want to come back as my children because i feel like i spoil my children but mm -hmm. i also want to come back as tracy barlow uh 19 in new york 1985 Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Another thing just came to mind is the um Fort Washington Park in 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 the village. That's another place where I would go every weekend and it would be dance and music. It was crazy. People would have their big boom boxes and they would go back and forth between radio stations like WBLS and then another Hot 97. And so all the music would be coming from this radio and then all the from that radio and people were dancing. It was just like live. And I remember asking my sister, like, was there a carnival here today? She was like, no, they do this every weekend. 
They just show up and show out. Okay. But yes, the eighties, the eighties. Um, before we close out, can I share with you um, what I'm doing currently? Please. And um, right now, I'm in what's called the gallery room at B Love's Guest House. So I'm um, the owner of this lodging service. You can find me on Airbnb, and I also have a website, uh, BelovesGuestHouse.com. And um, so I rent out rooms and. And I have, um, I, it has taken me more than five years to take my photography collection and organize it and create it into a show. And the show is here at Beloved's Guest House. And it's a collection of images that I shot in the 90s um, here in the Bay Area. And during that time, I was a uh, hip hop photojournalist. And I would shoot for the Source magazine, Rap Pages, uh, 4080, uh, Roots, um, uh, all the local magazines as well as national magazines. And so um, I have one more uh, Saturday gallery experience, which will be October 29th. And then I'm going to take a break for six months and then I'm going to come back in 2023. Oh, we were, we had, we were about to buy two tickets, but we're like, we're so busy. We were going to wait till after the fest, but you're saying there's only one more. And to yes. this back. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. if, uh, well, yeah. We'll talk about it. I'm like, we're going to be here on October 29th or 2023. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, Tracy, I know dance wise, you've only show, shared with us such a small part of your life and we appreciate it. There's so much even more to your life beyond that, that I know you haven't shared, but we really love all of this education and the history and the stories so thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And Micaiah, thank you because producing this event, is this 22? 24. This is the 24th annual. Congratulations to you. It is not easy to produce a festival. <laughs> and um, thank you for all the contributions that you have made to hip hop culture, not just here in the Bay, but internationally. Um, I am very honored to be honored by the San Francisco Hip Hop Dance Festival and all the work that you have put in, Micaiah. Thank you. It is not easy. We're back live. And um, I've said this before, the pandemic um, depleted our funds. So this year is crucial for us to get back on our feet. And um, if all is willing and all the angels align, then we will celebrate our 25th anniversary next year. And uh, so we are, you know, sharing the word and getting the, the word out so the Bay Area can come and appreciate this event. We have dance companies coming from all over the world, November 11, 12th, and 13th at the Palace of Fine Arts Theater. The website is sfhiphopdancefest.com. That's where you can get all the information about shows 
and master classes and the closing party, which is going to be fun. And uh, we hope to see everyone there. And I know we will appreciate seeing all the old people that we always see and hugging them and all of the people who always raise their right hand high and, and testify how this is their favorite show or how they love to come or how they met their husband or that was their first date with their wife. I get so many stories, you know, and how we also want to see new people and have them begin their stories. So, November 11th, 12th, and 13th, which by the time this airs, it's going to be really close. Mm -hmm. So, until then, um, thank you to all. Thank you to Brandy. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you to everyone. And much love and much respect. Take care. <laughs>